Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I'm Christoph Newman. And I am Nate Jones. We're here to help you use closure and functional programming to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling. Yes. Do you have anything that's causing you to get stuck in closure or stuck in trying to use closure or stuck because you want to and you just can't get started? Um, we, we want to help out. We want to talk about talk talk through those problems and um, and help clear the path so that you can get to the point where you're enjoying coding uh, like we enjoy it in closure. And likewise, if you have something super cool that you've discovered or rediscovered in closure and you want to talk all about it, we would also love to hear from you. You can reach us on Twitter at Closure Design. You can also send us an email to feedback at closuredesign.club or come join us in the Closurian Slack channel we've set up, Closure-Design Podcast. We would love to uh, hear your your big wins and your big hurdles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Please, please reach out. We love talking. Yeah, so... Um, so we're in the middle. <laughs> we're stuck in the middle. Uh, uh, stuck in the middle. Stuck in the middle. <laughs> we are empowered in the middle. We are we are having fun in the middle. In the middle of our web series. Um, uh, last week we talked about middleware and um, had a lot of fun talking about um, how you can solve the I only have a function problem. I only have one function. I only have one function that Ring will let me let, will let me pass to it. So I must be able to compose. Um, more application, more logic into that function without tearing my hair out. So middleware is how that how that happens. All right. Yeah, ring ring makes this odd choice, right? All of HTTP is a function. <laughs> you want an HTTP server? No problem. You need a function to do it all. <laughs> Sounds like should yeah. go on a t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> I can get it all done. Give me give me a function. If you're if you're Nate, if you're trapped on a desert island and you can only take one thing with you, <laughs> what would you bring? <laughs> Give me a function, a function. and I can, I can move the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so, yeah, middleware is what lets us split up that ring function into all the different things, right? The routing concerns. It's like, it's like every function, it's like every concern that you need in your web application is a function that you can compose in, right? The routing functions or the encoding decoding functions, um, things like that. The actual handler itself, you know, it all gets composed in. And so uh, this week, we thought we would talk about JSON, like JSON APIs and making a <laughs> JSON API in Ring. Because well, let's say we've been known to do this. Well, if you are a listener and your name is Jason, please let us know because we're not talking about you. We're talking about JSON, right? JSON, the the favorite web yes. format, the favorite format of any web developer, because it is forced upon us. <laughs> right. Yes. I, I suppose I suppose all this applies if you wanted to make an Eden API, right, or a Transit API, or maybe a a, a Hessian or a Freshian API. I, I suppose there's a lot of encoding formats out there, or your own. A bespoke custom binary protocol, right? But Jason, yeah, like Jason's pretty common. We use it all the time, and I think uh, Jason API is like a really neat way to look at middleware and kind of understand the nuts and bolts of writing your own little middleware. Yeah, well, yeah, just to kind of um, 
just talk about just a little bit more is like JSON APIs, like we, we, we tend to write a lot of JSON APIs. Um, like this is something that we're not, we're not just talking about this in the abstract. We like, we have actually done a lot of this work because almost all of our APIs that we expose are, are we, we want to be able to take, accept and, and return JSON. Um, at, and, and so we want to be able to do that without, we want to be able to handle it inside, like work with the inside of our handler as a data structure instead of working with it as raw JSON, as a raw string. And so this is very applicable to our, 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 everyday, our everyday work. Yeah, and to step back and look at the big picture, we write a lot of web apps that are your traditional spa, if you will, single page applications. And so <laughs> yes. it's a bunch of static it's a bunch of static code that gets loaded in the browser, and we do that so we can cache the heck out of it. And then it makes API calls back to the server and and just basically interacts with the server at an API level. And so those APIs are often JSON for the things that we do. And so we want to be able to receive a bunch of request parameters and and things as JSON and then send a bunch of JSON back in response to the request. And so we want to do that with Ring. And in order to do so, we're going to make a Ring middleware that handles the the JSON encoding decoding concern. Yeah, because you know uh, HTTP, you can't say, "Hey, the the, the body is this um, this data structure." You, you know, the only thing that you can make actually put into the body and go over the wire is string, you know, is, or is text data. Uh, I mean, binary data too, but it has to be encoded in some way. And so uh, because of that, we have to, uh, we have to, to, to transform that on the way in and the, on the way out. And yeah. Um, yeah. And so, so when that, so, so basically that the structure of this is going to be some client is going to post a JSON body to the web server, right? So specifically, that ends up being a a string of information that's JSON encoded, and it has a content type header set to application JSON. Sometimes it has some other like this plus JSON or that plus JSON, but basically it's application slash JSON. And then you know, okay, this is the thing I'm receiving, this this uh, data that's coming in in the body, that should be interpreted as JSON. JSON. So then that should get parsed. It should get sent back into the handler. The handler can do its magic. And then the handler is going to return a closure data structure. And then that closure data structure needs to get converted into JSON. And of course, the content type needs to be set appropriately on the way back out so that the (laughs) web browser can interpret that correctly. Because it has the same problem, right? The web browser has to look at the content type and go, oh, what is this? Oh, it's JSON. Oh, I should parse it. And so, so you have your, your decoding on the way into your ring application. You have your encoding on your way out of your ring application. Yeah, definitely. So as we, as we, as we write the, the logic of our, of our uh, middleware, I mean, so kind of echo back to what we talked about last week, but um, so middleware function is a function that takes a handler and returns a handler. And so, the function that we're talking about right now is a function that would take, you know, the, the, the handler that will actually do any business logic we want to do. And then it'll return a function almost right away where inside of that function is mostly what we're going to be talking about. Like, you know, the, the fact that we're returning this as a function is kind of immaterial. The, the, what, 
the logic that we're going to talk about is the stuff that's inside and is actually executed on each request. And, um, and so it, it's, it's kind of a general pattern in ring middleware to do this, um, where when the request actually does come into the function, you, you, you do some work, you decide what you're going to do, and then you optionally call the, 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 the handler that was passed in at the top level, uh, and then you do logic afterward. And so like what Christoph, what we were talking about is like, if the, if the, if the uh, uh, content type is application JSON, you know that, ah, I need to act. It's like, I, I am now supposed to do something. And so then I can just call, you know, either the Chester library or something like that to actually take that string data and make it into um, a data structure and then assign it somewhere into the, 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 um, into the into the request because you can't actually the only thing you can pass to that sub function is the request you can't pass it a bunch of args it's because it only takes one right and so you have to basically put it somewhere in the map you can either overwrite the body or you can make it a different uh um parameter um but that's that's the logic that happens on the way in yeah and so so obviously there's middleware that exists for this already Right, so we're gonna go through <laughs> making your own <laughs> for for science, or yeah, just to illustrate the, the middleware. Yes, for learning, <laughs> and and so yeah, so just to to kind of retouch on what we have talked about before, right? A middleware function, like it takes a function which is which represents all the other handlers that happen after this one. And then it returns a function because because that's how you you stitch things together, right? Like like it returns the new top level function, and so that gives that gives the middleware an opportunity to change data and pass it down to the rest of the middleware chain. And then when the rest of the middleware chain returns back to it, then it's going to have that response, and it can it can fix up the response and then it can return it back. You know, so it yeah. it, it allows it to get in between. Data on the way in, data on the way out, um, and and it could circumvent the calling. Um, it can it can do nothing. It can just pass it through, right? In general, okay. So so like Nate, like you're saying, you know, if this middleware, it should look at the content type, and if it goes, okay, it's JSON, then let's read out the body, parse it with Cheshire, and then um, overwrite the body key, like a soch over the body key with a parse JSON. And then pass it into the chain, like the handler that was originally given to this level of middleware, right? The next, the next handler that gets to take it. <laughs> yeah, and then, totally. And then, um, yeah. Sorry, that I, I was laughing because you said next, next, the next, next handler. Yep. It's, it's funny yes. because <laughs> you don't know if the next handler is the handler or if it's just the next middleware. And it doesn't really matter. And that's why, that's right. why the abstraction works well for compo- composing things. Um, right. It's like yeah. a bucket brigade with a request, right? You have middleware that gets the request and it does something to it and then it passes it off to the next function that gets the request and does something to it. And it passes it off to the next function that gets the request and does something with it, you know. And then eventually, kind of like with recursion, things start to return and it all, it will, it'll return all the way back up to, you know, the level middleware 
under inspection. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, I like that that analogy because it means that the 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 function that actually does your business logic at the end gets a fully decorated bucket that has all the the bells and whistles and the right temperature of water and everything that it needs. It doesn't have to do any of those concerns; they were handled for it already. Yeah, and so so the idea is solving JSON encoding and decoding is a cross-cutting concern. So, And because middleware lets you alter stuff on the way down and on the way out, you can do the decoding on the way down, you can do the encoding on the way out. And so then when you call, so so the handler like that, like when we write middleware, sometimes like I'll write it, I'll call it like chain to remind me that like this is the rest, like the function that's passed in. Or sometimes I'll call it like next handler or handler. It's like the next thing it's going to. So, so when that thing is called, it will return some response. And so now that response, you can look at you by convention, you say, okay, this response in the, in the body key, underneath the body key, it's going to have a tree of data. And that, of course, that tree of data is going to be a closure data structure. So we want to encode that as JSON and set the content type appropriately to application JSON and then replace the body with a string instead. Yeah, absolutely. And then the web client on the outside is none the wiser that we have we have we have we have separated that concern out and made it I mean, you know, we can do all this testing, we make sure that it's rock solid and then um we don't all of our clients can handle can can pass as JSON and all of our functions that actually implement our business logic don't have to worry about JSON at all and we we get we get all of the benefit without having to any have any of the the complexity inside the functions or inside our right. functions and so middleware middleware establishes some kind of contract so if you go and you find a middleware that you want to use you typically read the docs and it kind of explains to you like okay here's a configuration that you might have to pass along you know to inform it but basically it is going to it is going to make your request map look like this, you know, <laughs> and then yeah. it was going to do this to the response map, <laughs> right? Like all the documentation yes. is always like this. The, so, for example, in the JSON, in the ring JSON middleware, which we're re-implementing for learning, <laughs> it talks about how if the content type is a JSON content type, it will replace the body with parsed JSON on the request, right? And then and then it, you should return whatever you want to be turned into JSON on the body underneath the body key in the response, right? So that's that's kind of the contract is is talking about how it messes with the request map and how it messes with the response map. Yeah, and it's something I touched on before is that is that that's the only way that middleware can communicate with other middleware and with your handler is by messing with that response map. Like you have one request that comes in and so it has to be modified on the way in. And then you have one response that heads back out so it has to be modified on the way out. And so there's no way that you can have it like suddenly pop extra parameters, you know, call your function with three parameters if it's doing one thing or the other. Um, it has to obey that. And so because of that, it's you have to, like like Christoph, like you said, you have to obey the contract. You have to know, understand the contract and then the function has to obey the contract so that it's not going to just suddenly start messing with the other keys, you know. Right. And so it, it, middleware might add new keys. Um, in this case, it doesn't add keys. It just replaces one, yeah. mm-hmm. right? But but um, it, it could remove keys. It could do all th- sorts of things. So in, in this JSON middleware, 
everything is all well and good, of course, until Uh-oh. you get some malformed, <laughs> malformed uh, requests coming in. You know, somebody sends you something, claims it's Jason, and guess what? It's not Jason. Uh, well, right? I, it's never happened to me so then, ever. So. I don't understand what you're talking about. I mean, why would somebody on the internet send you (laughs) bad data? (laughs) I think there's been a time in the past where I've made a JSON API and like just to test it out, I tried to run a curl against it. And the very first request, I misdid the the curl command and send it bad JSON. Like (laughs) I actually caused my own bad, my own error right off the bat. Right. And so then uh, like Cheshire, so when I've written a little JSON uh, API parser like middleware, like Cheshire is going to throw an exception. It's going to not be happy. <laughs> and Aww. so what do you do? Right? Like, what do you do? Well, you and gotta, so, yeah. so at that, at that parser level, you can, uh, catch that exception and then uh, just immediately return a response. Just say, forget it. I'm not going to call the chain, the handler chain. Like I got junk. It didn't parse. <laughs> I'm going to return an, a, like a 503 internal server error or like a 40 yeah, whatever like for bad requests. Yeah, bad requests. Yeah, 400. Bad bad yeah. user. And then I'm going to uh, return a, I don't know, like like for the JSON APIs we've done Nate, we we've returned we actually return a JSON, we still return a JSON body and that JSON body has like an error code in it, right? right so it'd be really like a helps. map with a key called code (laughs) and that really helps like we 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 tend to like to use instead of code being like one two three or four it's like uh schema or you know um some uh, short keyword not a keyword but a short word that will help us see at a glance what the problem was and then we can match on that in the front end to kind of tell the user that what what went wrong or whatever um and i like to call those nominals ah, it's like invalid dash json <laughs> you know it's like a it's like a slug you know if you've seen a slug it's like a kebab case alphanumeric thing <laughs> yeah and 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 getting back to what you said about what you could do as a response like the only thing that we can do in a response is the uh the body the headers and and the um http response code so we have to like press any error into that format and so i think that like you said passing a 400 is is the is the right way to do it that's like http gives us that as a way out um it's our only yeah. option <laughs> and so it's a good option yeah and and the body <laughs> you could just leave it blank we like to re- like for our json api endpoints we like even errors to come back as json right because i can tell you there's nothing more irritating when we have to integrate with a json api and it produces an error and it's some like bizarre string, you know, or and worse, then now HTML. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Oh, that's the absolute yeah. worst. You call JSON endpoint and there's an error. And the next thing you know, it's an HTML document <laughs> that's being returned, oh, oh, yeah. you know, with lots of font tags and CSS <laughs> in it, you know, and Styles. you're like, what happened? What, like, what happened to that endpoint? I don't know. I have to copy and paste this into a file and like open it in my browser or something. Oh, man. Yeah. And so, so, um, but yeah, you could just set the status code kind of like, you know, you only have like three dimensions of expression in these responses, right? The status code, the body and the headers. So you set, or you could set the body to something. And and you do. But, but it's nice because it gets handled. It gets handled at that level in the middleware. Like everything under it can just go, okay, it will not get this far if it's screwed up, right? It will be valid information 
will at least be a valid data structure for me to look at. Maybe exactly. it's going to have other issues, like they're going to pass me a number instead of a string or something. But at least I know it will be a closure data structure that I can inspect and reason on. Yeah, and, and you definitely want to, in your handler, um, wrap a try-catch block around it. Um, we, do, we do that a lot because if you, if you don't and the exception escapes out to the ring layer, the ring layer is just going to take it and make it a string which is going to have all of your 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 application you know uh, uh, secrets in it, and and it's just going to send it back as as a response, and so um, that's another reason why we have always have a try catch block is because we we don't want to expose internal implementation details. We 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 need to classify them, um, even if that classification is it wasn't one of the ones we recognized, so it's it's error is unknown. At, at the very least, we 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 keep our secrets inside. Yeah, so for our JSON APIs, we typically we have like two middleware levels. So we have a middleware level that we always wrap around our handlers that do business logic. And that middleware level is going to call, right, our handler. And it's going to catch any errors. And then it is going to log those errors out, like with log error to the, you know, our logging infrastructure. That sounds really big, but it's like just a file. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right? But when you say infrastructure, you sound legit. It's serious. It's uh, enterprise. So it's gonna... Enterprise logging. Yes, Sorry. enterprise logging. We use enterprise files. So <laughs> then I guess, I mean, we're, depending on where we're running, if we're running containers, logs go somewhere. If we're running Kubernetes, logs go somewhere, you know, but if we're running services, logs go to files. So then... Then, but that the whole point of that middleware is it's a guard, so our like special like name, like you're saying, our application secrets don't escape out, and and then we'll, but then that handler is designed based that middleware, that middleware handler is designed based on knowing that we're doing a JSON API. So what it's going to do is it's going to catch that error, and it's going to return a JSON doc. It's gonna it's going to return a closure data structure that we know is going to get turned into JSON that just has that error code and stuff in it, you know? So it'll set the status to like 400, the HTTP status code to 400. It'll set the body to a map with a single key called like code or reason with a value of like, you know, programmer dash idiot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's always, that's always valid. Or, or internal dash error. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then, and then the next level around that is going to, it knows like body is always going to be data, right? And so it will turn it into JSON and send it on the way out. Yeah. And but of course, it might not be able to turn it into JSON too, right? Errors can happen there too. <laughs> <laughs> so you should still have multiple levels of try, you know, tries all the way down. Um, and right. And, and we, so we, we mentioned earlier that that we're basically re-implementing, you know, ring JSON, you know, for learning. But, but I think that some of the things we've talked about help show that it might still be a good idea if you um, would like to implement your own JSON middleware. If you want to have, if, if, if the, the contract that JSON, or ring JSON uh, presents is not one that you want, uh, not, not one that your application completely fits against. Because um, it's not actually that hard to make your own ring metal your own JSON ring middleware um, that does performs the same functions, but uh, tailors them to your application's needs, like always swallowing exceptions. Right. You know, maybe I want my exceptions to yeah. go out. I don't know. 
Yeah, exactly. And so, like, basically, you can use Ring, and we'll link to this in the show notes, but you can use uh, Ring JSON to just do the encoding decoding. But, like, you you might have to book in that middleware with some custom middleware of your own for capturing the exceptions or 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 doing some um, some more formatting when when it has parse errors or whatever. You know, you want to control that. So so often we just end up writing our own middleware function that just handles all those error cases and does the encode and decode all all kind of in one step because it ends up being about the same amount of code and it's a little easier for us to understand. Um but but using but that's the beauty of middleware, right? You can you can get there by composing a couple of really well-defined pieces or you can write a much thicker piece and just use that instead. Yeah. It's a, it's definitely, and you can also trade them out, you know, because your, your, your application doesn't need to know, um, who, who's touching that request on the way out <laughs> or the response, uh, sorry, the response on the right. way out or the request on the way in. Um, what, well, and so one of the gotchas, so a couple gotchas with, uh, ring JSON specifically, one is if the content type isn't JSON, it'll be like, oh, I shouldn't do anything. But if you want to enforce like this endpoint must be JSON, yeah. then you're going to need to write your own little handler, like your own little middleware that enforces that so that nothing propagates down, right? So that's like a gotcha that tripped me up the first time I messed with it. And then and then the gotchas are around error handling, like your exceptions accidentally slipping through out <laughs> out to the world to see all your internal details. And, and having to have that exception handler, that's that's another gotcha. Like, it doesn't help you a bunch with that problem because it's rightly so. It's not concerned about that, you know? Yeah, and so if you're concerned about it, you can you can wrap it or, or write your own. Um, but I think uh, right. I think we've run out of run out of JSON to run out of data to decode in this episode. <laughs> Um, yeah, hopefully that's hopefully that's a kind of a fun way uh, to explore middleware and kind of how it works more concretely. I know last time we talked about more general, but writing your own little JSON middleware if you if you haven't done it, it's it's pretty fun. It's pretty straightforward, it, and it gives you like a real sense of middleware, um, like a true middleware problem. You know, yeah. And so uh, we would encourage you to try it and and go read the source. We'll link to the Ring JSON project in the show notes so that you can uh, get all that goodness there. And, and the source is very tractable. It's uh, it's like one file. And aside from all the, you know, project files and stuff, it's one source file <laughs> and it's not, it's not all that long. One file where the good bits are. Yes. Yeah. That's right. If you've, uh, if you've, uh, please let us know if you've actually written any cool middleware uh, or if you've solved a middleware problem that is, like ring JSON, like there's a ring metal ring middleware that everyone uses, but you decided that you had a specific use case. We're kind of curious as to if you have if you have a uh, if you're willing to share those. Um, please pop into our Closure Design podcast channel on Slack, uh, the Closure in Slack. We'd love to chat with you there. Uh, or if you would like, you could send us a tweet at Closure Design, or an email to feedback at closuredesign.club. Uh, we we love getting messages. Yeah, definitely. And you can find the show notes for this episode and all of our back episodes at closuredesign.club. And you can uh, go binge. Go binge on uh, this series if uh, you're just jumping in in the middle. Yep. Cool. All right. We'll be back next week with another web episode. A webisode. <laughs> web, and, web episode for the webinar? <laughs> oh, oh, no. no. 
<laughs> All right. That's enough. Thanks for listening. Thank you.